Hey, thanks for stopping by today. My name is Jeremy Griffin, the Ministry and Operations Director here at Redux Church. If you're looking for a local church to become a part of in your area and just haven't found the place you feel God is leading you to, consider reaching out to us here at Redux. We know lots of great places and would love to assist you in finding the place God has for you. On the other hand, you may be here right now because you've become a bit disenchanted with church. And if that's the case, maybe Redux is the place for you. We are a real church in a virtual world. While we don't meet every week in the traditional sense, we do have a community online where you can chat, ask questions, and connect with others like yourself. We do, on occasion, meet in person for small group discussions and special worship and prayer events, but new Redux discussions are available every Friday morning online. In any case, we are glad you're here now, and if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. You can contact us anytime online at redux.church. God bless. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Well, hello and welcome back. <laughs> so uh, I'm here today with Rachel and Steven. Hello. Hey, how's, how's it going? Good. Um, where is our second time recording this conversation? The first one was amazing. And uh, we have the audio of that recorded, but we do not have the video. And we don't have the audio of this one recorded. So kind of potato potato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That makes no sense. You know, it just <laughs> happens. No but here's the good news. Like the content that we're covering is so robust. We probably won't say anything really that we said last time, but it'll be just as good and be a lot more. It's going to be it'll interesting. Be it'll be fun. I was really going to do the whole thing again. Just like. No, you can't. Oh, I, I don't ever do it the same way twice. <laughs> I know. Well, before you guys get into this, before you guys get into this, uh, go go to Redux.Church and spend some time in worship or go to YouTube, go to Spotify, wherever you get your worship music from, you can go there, spend 25, 30 minutes with him. It's the only thing we can give him is our worship. So uh, go spend some time. And if you're back, great. We're going to get right into the scripture right now. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you were speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. 
Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here, at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshiped. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, What do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came, streaming from the village, to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike? You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. All right. <clears throat> There's a lot to that. Um, we've already covered 30 minutes of this content. <laughs> and uh, now we're back from outer space. So um, It's like deja vu. I know. That's All good. over again. <laughs> and and if, if you guys are listening and you want the hidden tapes, the secret tapes, I do have them recorded and just reach out. And mm-hmm. you, But but we're going to cover it all again. Right? I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so Rachel, what, what was the thing? I remember you, you talked about here in this first, yeah, first part. Yeah. Because I read in different translations and um, I was reading it in all the different ones that I do. And I got to the message Bible and it said, Jesus realized that the Pharisees, who are the religious people, um, were keeping count on the baptisms that he and John performed. They had posted the score, keyword posted, mm-hmm. <laughs> we yeah. hear these that nowadays, that Jesus was ahead 
turning him and John into rivals, not in John and Jesus's eyes, but in the eyes of the people. And so Jesus was, he left, he was like, I'm out not to quit baptizing, but just to go somewhere else. And I, I thought it was so interesting how that's that little nucleus of divide is still here. It's still here, still prevalent. How, um, whether it's religious people that are pitting people against each other, but all John and Jesus cared about was the heart of the people mm-hmm. and doing what the father called them to do and is to love themselves, love God and love others. And then the religious people who had their eyes on keeping score, posting score, that's what they were looking at and how we got to, we have to get our vision back on what are we here to do? Yeah. You know, what are you called? What is it? John, Uh, Mark Twain said there's two most important days, the day you were born, the day you find out why, Mm. and the day you find out why should be every day because we should be about the work of the father's business, you know? And so Jesus didn't even pay any attention to that rhetoric and that divide. He just left and went somewhere else. I thought that was really interesting. And I've read this story for years. Yeah. So, well, that even the theme to this point, we we've seen a lot in John through the first three chapters of John the Baptist. Mm Mm-hmm having to constantly deal with whether it's his disciples going, Hey, he's, yeah. he's doing stuff over here. And this, this competition. Yeah. Right. And he kept pointing it out. This isn't a competition guys. In True. fact, there, if it were, I lose. Right. Because <laughs> right. do you not know who he is? Exactly. Yeah. He's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. He's, he's what I've been talking about. Right. He's the point of right. it all. Just because John was the forerunner doesn't mean that he was winning. Right. You know, and I think that's the thing too. We, you know, you talked about it being, still in play today mm-hmm. right it was True. in place 70 years later with paul and paulus and and in the new testament there are the new testament in, the, in those letters to the to the mm-hmm. churches they talk about that and and there is a pride in that but see this is this is people right right is i mean it? is it yeah. any surprise i mean what did israel do they called out for a king mm-hmm. they they want to elevate another human and it wasn't about building exactly. john the baptist's ministry and jesus's ministry but that's how it was getting posted and yeah i was where, where were you posting it it's like wanting Where to be on the winning it? side, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's no, or the biggest church or the biggest, the most popular minister is, it's like, no, yeah. it is not about that. And it's all man-made. It's a man-made Good point. system Good of, point. of who's higher, who's lower, where mm-hmm. you should be, where you shouldn't be. And obviously this woman was everywhere she shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Right. And God himself, Jesus was right there with her because he's saying no he goes that doesn't matter mm-hmm. well and so. the way he traveled is almost as if he went to find her exactly right mm-hmm. he didn't have to go that way Mm-mm. but it's you know we know that he went that way and set it up and like we were talking about before it was a big god set up for her to mm-hmm. be there at that time drawing water by herself at a time of the day when they normally didn't draw water but oh look jesus just happened to be there at that time to, mm-hmm. to minister and to probably her. you mentioned something probably about her character why she was at the well by herself at that time. Am I recalling that right? Yeah, absolutely. She's uh, probably the, uh, I wouldn't say the most, probably one of the, one of the most immoral people in that town and that mm-hmm. city, which why people didn't want to be probably be near her or draw water with her or uh, anything like that. But it's absolutely amazing. I love this because it's, you know, this whole, this whole story here is about, uh, it, it's so good on the surface, but then you can go so deep so depth, into it. Yeah. yeah, it's just, and for any, whatever season you're walking in, when you read that, you're touched at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think it's, 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 it's an amazing thing to see how she was so immoral. She, she was so impure 
and then just just a little conversation she met jesus she mm-hmm. talked to jesus mm-hmm. and her life was changed yeah and it's interesting like you said she was so immoral and so impure jesus didn't even pay attention to that exactly he didn't even pay attention to that he on purpose strategically was led there for that woman at that moment in that time and i will always believe that jesus was the biggest advocate of women and it's not an accident that the women who found the tomb or the ones that found the tomb empty were women and they went and told and then jesus finds this woman and she goes and tells and Women, we're the, we have the biggest mouths. Well, I was going to say, there, there's a good joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to go there. So. We, or we have the biggest mouths and they'd been outcast already. So like, what the heck? Yeah. This is what, this guy did something for my heart because he, it, a lot of the conversation I, I chuckled when, when I was reading it every time because Jesus is speaking intuitively, but a lot of times they're just seeing it flat and he's, he keeps going, he's trying to speak to the heart and she keeps saying, well, are you, you know, he says about her husband and then she talks about them as, you know, well, this is how we worship the Messiah. But when he talked about go get your husband, it's when she kind of went, huh, I don't, I don't have one. He's like, you're right. Well, if you think about too, the, the approach, you know, she being a Samaritan, when you're talking about she was low in the city, this is even crazier, right? We didn't talk about this the first time. It's more revelation mm, for me. Mm. <laughs> so so when you're talking about that, I'm, I'm even more drawn to the reality that she carried herself as if she was better than him still mm. because he was a Jew and she's a Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And she, she lays it out like, why are you even talking? We don't get along. But Samaritans thought themselves better than Jews. Yeah. They, that when the Jews were in captivity, this is history for those who don't know, when the Jews were in captivity, the Samaritan people believed that those that came from that, that region and, and that group of people, they saw that the, um, the, the doctrine was corrupted, that the, mm-hmm. the purity of the faith was corrupted. And so they saw themselves as better than Jews. And so they had this discussion and she's like, why are you talking to me? You know, mm-hmm. I, you guys say we're supposed to worship in Jerusalem. We we say we worship right here. Why, you know, she even brings up, are you better than my father, Jacob, you know, right. <laughs> and right. all that jazz. So in the midst of her, her identity, she's almost like, I mean, we know people like this, right? People who, who put on this false front because of their identity is sure. broken. Well, Absolutely. well, I think her identity could be I'm double broken or shattered because she's a hurt woman. Right. She's been yeah. hurt by men. And a lot of times you can see a lot of men, women who have been hurt by men when they're even approached by a male, there's like, well, what do you want? There's always right. this, like this callous thing. Like, okay, now what are you going to do to me? I've had five husbands and it doesn't <laughs> say if they were dead, they could have yeah. been abusive. They could have been, they could have harmed her. And so just any male presence walking up, she's like, well, you and, know, and, she's not married yeah. and so she's and she's know, there at a time that nobody's it, there exactly and so typically probably what most guys want from her at that mm-hmm. time is not you know not water exactly <laughs> so she yeah she's probably got a little you know and there's a lot of you know that and when people come out of situations like that there is an arrogance that comes with that and it's mm-hmm. not a, i'm better than you it's more of you know, why are you looking down at me? You're mm-hmm. not, you're not better. You're than not better right. Than you're me, not better. Right. Than so, yeah. It's, it's, and you know. a little self-protect because she had to be her own protector. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she was about to meet is someone who was her biggest advocate because Jesus, whose mom was very young. And how do you convince a village 
that you're pregnant, but you're still a virgin. So she was an outcast. So Jesus saw that in her. He saw that wound. He was very familiar with that wound that women carry with inside him, them. And so I think he was intentionally, strategically, even though we read it with a lot of sarcasm and a lot of banter, but that sounds like how he talked to her because that's how she could hear. Well, yeah, I was going to say it's, uh, it's like matching an energy, right? It is. It's like right. mirror, mirroring sure. an energy. Yeah. And so, but it got her attention. It kept yeah. her drawn in. Well, and I love the truth that came out of it, you know, being the worship guy that I am, like this this reality that, that all of these doctrinal ideas and differences were, this didn't, is all garbage. Didn't matter, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's meaningless. Exactly right. But that's what she was kind of leading with. Right. And he was just batting it out of the park. And, yeah. and the thing I get most from this and why I, I, Rebecca and I really, we, 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 we minister to people about this is about just look at look at the you know and we're talking about the the depth that it goes but mm-hmm. just look at the surface and it's you know this this lady we did care what your background is met jesus spoke with jesus and your life was changed forever mm-hmm. and that's what we're saying any anyone can do that it's where anyone's capable of doing that mm-hmm. if we just would meet with him and speak with him and you know of course that's really high level but it's uh it's so simple that we you know you got you miss it almost. But so. I think the thing that kept her drawn in is he kept, he kept speaking to her heart, not her head. Mm. He was saying, I think her sarcasm and that defense was she was expecting one thing and Jesus gave her something else, which was living water, which kept her thirsty, which kept her engaged, which kept her going. Okay, this is not like any other encounter I've had with a male. And so he is still speaking to her heart and she's hearing it. And which keeps her, so he's a bit eventually going to be her savior well, he and her Lord. Her he did. Yeah. He really did. Which she's never probably been that way before. Yeah. But well, that know. moment. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Well, okay. I just think the moment where he says, uh, "Go get your husband." She's like, "I don't have a husband." He's like, "You're right. You don't. You've had five. And he says, "And you speak truth. You speak truth. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So in that, so that totally disarms her. And it, you, putting yourself in her position, you're like. You've, you've got this, you're not better than me vibe. You're talking back, you're talking about, and you're like, <laughs> I don't have a husband. And he's like, right, you've yeah, got five. You've right. Had, right. And then you're like, <laughs> I oh. perceive you to be a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I think it's the New King James that says that. I perceive you, you to be, be a prophet. prophet. It says yeah. it in the message like, Bible too. He's like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> and so then she goes, and it's the word of her testimony, which you brought to light. Mm-hmm. I think oh. that's so good. Oh, man, she turned into an evangelist. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was her testimony that was so powerful because it was so, you know, and, and a good testimony is short. Right. You know? <laughs> and you and it was short. Can you say right that again point? for everybody to hear? Exactly. Because we won't hear it. Is We're short. so long-winded. Great testimony is short, right? <laughs> and it's, you know, and you don't give explicit details about where you were and all that. Just, you know, listen, I've had a bad life and then I met the Lord. It's all got to be, it's got to be about Jesus, though, mm-hmm. your testimony. But she said that. She said, um, she said, come and see. Mm. This man told me everything I did. And could he be the Messiah? And that was it. Yeah. And that changed the whole town. And then the town said, you know, hey, listen, you know, it's not because of what you said. Now right. that we've seen him, we believe for ourselves. But the so testimony is what got them up. It's powerful. Right? It's testimony. a story. It's Everybody what, has a yeah. story. But it brought them to that place. They said, he's, he, she says, come and see the man who told me everything exactly. about me. Right. So they got up, they came and see, and then they said, we, we don't believe because of what you said. Right. Because why would they? They didn't think much of her. Right. right. That's what I was going to say. Here's this right. woman who's an exactly. outcast. Now she's in front of her the yeah. village people and they're going the village people and they're saying YMCA <laughs> YMCA no, 
<laughs> Townspeople, village people. You started it. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> no, but, but that's exactly the thing. And, and I love this because, you know, we talked about this earlier too, but, but these, how many people today live life off of nothing more than a testimony, but they haven't come and seen, yeah. right? Exactly they've, right? They've heard from others and maybe they, maybe they're even in church. Or maybe they're just listening to this mm-hmm. episode right now, this conversation, and they're, they're like, well, I know him, but you haven't actually met him. Right. You've just heard a lot of people talk about you him. This of, is a big challenge. You man. know of him. Exactly. But you don't know him. And this is, man, I've, this is what breaks my heart so much in the world we are in today because I, I think, and you and I have had this conversation, and this is an arbitrary number, but I think there's probably 80% of the people in church today have never actually met Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely right. I mm-hmm. think they just know what it's like to be around Christians. It's a safe place to be. Um, some people would argue that, but I, in general, far safer than other places. And and there's a comfort in that. And and you can kind of see it in the demeanor of of a little bit of fear. If you're led by fear and intimidation, if your your Christianity revolves around fear and intimidation, you you need. Let me call me like reach mm-hmm. out so we can exactly yeah. you can meet Jesus yeah it's I, it goes along with what I've said for years it took me 20 seconds to know him as savior but it to, to have the realization that he's my lord honestly did not come until I hit rock bottom yeah and I was on that side I was I mean I, I preached I, I mean I had a relationship with Jesus but not like it became when that was, I needed a father, Mm. you know, I I knew him as my savior, but I needed to know him as a father, honestly. And that's taken me the rest, the rest of my life to do that. And I think a lot of people sit in church and as pastors, and I can say this because I was there, I assumed, assumed so much. I assumed that they were reading their Bible. I assumed that they were having prayer time. I was assumed that they were doing those things that we taught and they weren't. We carry these big old Bibles to church and assume that they're reading them. And when you actually get really honest and you have these monologues, these dialogues with people, I mean, they go, I don't understand it. In fact, I fall asleep. And I said that to God. And I'm I'm the teacher. Yes. I remember saying, God, I don't, one, I don't like it. Two, I don't understand it. And three, it makes me sleepy. And when I got that vulnerable with him, mm-hmm. it's when he began to, I began to hear teachings that open opened me up to really well he began to speak my desires yeah and my language with him became a conversation and not just in prayer and not just in scripture i began to have a relationship with my father and not just with my bible yeah so many people are misled and so many people and one of the biggest things that rebecca and i have noticed that is really eye-opening to us are how many people aren't truly saved and that's the discussion that we had and we had a uh, call one time at one of our events where we called and we said listen we, 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 we ministered on that. We taught about that. And so many people believe, but so many people haven't made him their Lord and Savior. And this is kind of what you're, what you're um, talking about, where, you know, um, we, we had pastors come down to be saved. And they said, listen, I, you know, we started this church because I felt like we were supposed to. I felt like, you know, and that's why there's so many churches that, that fail so often is because, these people weren't called into ministry. They weren't called to pastor. I mean, we're all called to minister. I mean, yeah. but what aspect is that? You know, not all, Jesus doesn't come to everyone face to face like he did me. It's not that. I'm saying they're called into ministry and they say, and they just assume because they don't know. They don't know that, hey, you know, maybe they're supposed to, maybe they're prophetic, maybe they're apostolic, but they all think, well, I need to start a church. 
And, you know, and that's, you know, and God's going to bless you. I mean, he's going to meet you where you are and he's going to, but I'm telling you, they just like, I, I, I'm not supposed to be doing this. So we had the biggest outpouring of people come to us and said, Hey, I don't think I'm saved. You know, after listening to this, cause we were just talking about, you know, Lord, Lord, right. <laughs> you know, they come on, you know, haven't I done this in your name? Haven't I done this in your name? Haven't I done this in your name? And, and, and I'm, and I am getting on a rabbit trail there, but what I'm saying is those are Christians, right? Those are people in the church. If, if you read that, right. I won't get into all that, but so what we're, what we're doing is we're saying, Hey, just, just you're making this too hard. And our assumption is in our church. So our, how, how did they know how, 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 how did, did they, they get there? Yeah. How did they know they weren't saved? Okay. Well, the first thing is they believed and they said, yeah, we believe in them and all that. But I said, okay, who's, who's making your day to day decisions? And they said, well, of course we are. And I said, well, okay, here we go. I said, if you lived in Scotland and there's a Scottish king and you're his servant or, you know, if you, you live in that kingdom and you serve your king and the king puts us out, are you going to do this? Are you going to say, you know, absolutely, Lord, I, you know, I want to serve you where people are serving themselves. And this is, it, it, it's much longer, more in depth than what we can go into in this time frame. But, and they're saying, no, I never gave that over to God. I never gave that up to God. And I'm struggling daily. I'm always in strife. I'm always worn out. I'm always just, I feel like we're getting nowhere. And our assumption in our church is that they don't read the Bible mm-hmm. because you know what I mean? It's because you're in your right. They, mm-hmm. they don't. And yeah. so, um, as these guys came forward, they were convicted because they were saying, you know what? I, I have never really heard from God. I thought I did. I, I, I understood that I was supposed to do something in ministry, but I never knew this. So it's a, it's a whole new thing that we're, that we're coming across. Like the encounter we just did. Yeah. We had people from 30 different States show up and I can't tell you how many hundreds of people came forward to be saved and they're Christians and they're ministers and there's, because they just thought they just had to believe. And even the Bible says that even yeah. demons believe and they tremble, but they demons won't make Jesus their Lord. And that's the difference is we can all believe and not be saved. But if we, once we make him our Lord, like you're saying, there's that there's Abba, yeah. there's father. Yeah. And that's who we're going to go to. Yeah. I think, I think I, I hear what you're saying and I I'm turn the kaleidoscope just a little bit because I got put into ministry I knew I was saved. I mean, I knew I was saved. I True. knew him as my savior. Sure. And I got put into ministry because it was handed to us. It was told that's what we were going to do by somebody that had very, very strong influences in our life. And, um, right. And I, and, I, and again, I was, how old was I? 20, yeah. maybe 20 years old. And, um, I took, so it was like years ago. It was like 28 so years ago. Long ago. <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting on that side of the table. Ago. <laughs> Believe me, it was a long time ago. Um, but we did it for 20 years and it was, there was grace in the beginning, but there was grind. Now, when something was handed to you, told that it was prayed over That's and true. you're so young and there's so many details that I'm not... You know, I was like, okay, well, this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we're going to do. And I'm extremely pastoral, extremely pastoral, but I'm more pastoral now outside of the pulpit than I ever was Mm -hmm. because in that, the way that that was launched. Now I have come to the realization that we both definitely were saved and we should not have been in the past and we should not have been pastors. He should have been uh, a a professor, a theologian, I think. Um, so we knew him as savior and grew as Lord in areas. 
um, but the destiny was all wrong. Sure. So then it became an idol. The church became an idol. Well, it becomes something we quest for. Yeah. And I and I think about this. I'm jumping because we only have two minutes left. Yeah. <laughs> and I love this conversation. Know, just, can we just bump this up to the last know, one? Right? So, so when you think about someone like uh, John the Baptist, when, what I see is is certainty, certainty unto death. So, so the quick question is, we all would like to think this to be true, but let's just throw it out. And, and, and I want to encourage anyone listening to this to process that if, if your life on earth, if, if it cost you your life to follow God, mm. do you give it? Mm-hmm. it? It's a real simple question sure. and it's not a simple one to answer. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be, yeah. but you don't know until the rubber meets the road. I, I, mm-hmm. I got shot at once long story that will avoid that, but <laughs> I the know thing, that story. <laughs> yeah, the thing I appreciate about getting shot at is knowing how I would <laughs> respond. If I got shot at, I would have always liked to think when I was shot at, I would respond in a calm, tactical manner. <laughs> and that's how I live life. I will respond this way, but it wasn't until I was shot at, and I'm happy to say I didn't do a perfect job, but it was tactical. Mm-hmm. Wasn't precisely calm, calm. <laughs> but it was right. tactical. My point is, is in the same way, I can't say with 100% certainty how I respond if someone said, I'm going to take your life if you uh, are going to follow God. But I, I'm really confident in that. Mm-hmm. There is certainty in a calling. And I can't tell you how many times I sat behind a table to have a leader mm-hmm. tell me, hey, I'm thinking we should try this. Mm-hmm. And how I, I remember one day putting my hands on my face going, can we please stop trying crap? Uh huh. Can we just Moses yeah. didn't try to lead the people out of Egypt. <laughs> exactly. He didn't give it a shot. There is a certainty yes. in a calling when, yep. when he is Lord of your life. There's there's not those guessings, yes. you know, you just know. And I think that's the distinction. It's too easy in our culture. It's been too comfortable, too easy to just kind of blend in with this crowd. And and this is why I talk about people who are, are in fear, people sure. who live with apprehension do so because they actually know it's not them their spirit says we're missing a really key Mm -hmm. thing and that's a relationship with the father you can't have a relationship with jeremy and let that be your relationship with the father no no you can't Can't have a by proxy relationship yeah i'll I'll let uh, you guys we got 15 seconds but we can go over do you guys have i can't just say anything in 15 seconds no no just established women are long-winded i know I'm gonna so so Rachel, you yes. go. Was it the man at the wheel? Or no, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, you can you go and then Rachel will get something. Then I'll have to throw it back to you for, for prayer. And say, listen, this is why we're all linking arms together, so we can talk together. We can we have open discussions. We can you know because there's so many things we don't know, but there's so many things that the Lord is guiding us into with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And we need to hear His voice more. I did know that. I did know that. So much depth, so much richness, richness comes out of when we can come reason together chew on the word and then see what God does because he did it totally different this time than he did in the first one. So it was fascinating. Yeah, it's good. Go ahead and pray for us. Father, thank you for the gathering of your children. Father, we just thank you for the giving us the opportunity to just uh, just hear your word, to talk about your word and learn more about you. We just bless everyone listening today. And we just say blessings, health, and prosperity in your lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you guys for joining us. Please join our community. You can do so by going to redux.church and click on the button that says, creatively enough, join our community. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> but we do. We want to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, you can jump on the contact page there. Send us a prayer request. We'll actually pray for you and follow up and talk to you in person if you want. But I know some of you don't want to even 
you would only want us to know you exist. We want to know that. So when you are ready, reach out to us and we will be there. God bless you so much. If you want to support what we're doing here, you can always do that at redux.church. You can do it a bunch of different ways. Just click on support and it'll have a list of those ways. Um, only one of them is financial. So um, there's other ways you can support us. <laughs> so God bless you guys. And uh, we'll see you next, next time. Next week, we got another episode with uh, this great crew here. Uh, we'll be finishing up John chapter four. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>